0: manufacturers also and we did a deal we restructured we restructured our terrible deal all we right terrible deal with japan and i did it with okay. prime minister Abe, a great man mm-hmm. unfortunately it's so sad you know she's still a going of mine, but a great man loved this country so much but we restructured and made it a really terrific deal okay with south korea and so many other countries and yeah the best of all was what we did to china yeah. Uh, we made an incredible deal, but after COVID, I don't even bother talking about it because okay. the devastation that that caused for the entire world was okay. too much to bear. All right. I, will uh, that Joe Biden- I gave him thirty
1: minutes. Okay. Yeah, we can we can get on with that now. Uh hey everyone. Welcome to episode what are we at? Sixty-two. Dad's running again, as we all kind of predicted. Um I just I gave him thirty minutes, and now I'm out. Um, he made his announcement. That's it for that. Um, as I talked about on podcast today, and I'm not going to monologue here too too much. I'm going to let you guys monologue. Um, now you're going to see a lot of shenanigans and fun things that people like me get paid to predict, and you're going to see a contingent of anti-Trump um, media slash consultants slash. Twitter activists slash pundits uh, suddenly begin to soften this. And as I said, keep keep very close eyes on who the first non-Fox people are that give Trump an interview or uh, the attention that that they've been saying has been a major threat to democracy for the last three, four, five years. Terry McAuliffe came out today and said they would be happy to run against Trump again uh, you already have CBS news reporters saying this is just like 2016. And if you recall, it was Les Munoz of, uh, of CBS who said, Trump is bad for America, but he's damn good for CBS. And I wrote about that at the time, uh, basically stating that the media is giving up the game here on this. And then I was proceeded to be labeled uh, anti-Trump anti for that. Um, you're going to see a game now as... He's. I I don't know what he's going to do. Is he going to start rallying right away? I guess we're going to see ads for two fucking years. Um, A couple of thoughts on this statement. I actually, I think it's interesting that he kind of toned it down. And for all of the talk about Ron DeSantis trying to be like Donald Trump, what I saw was Donald Trump trying to be like Ron DeSantis tonight. Um. I guess my question is, and if, if I had to ask him, if you put me right in front of him, yay, and I had to ask him one question, I would ask him, why are you doing this? <laughs> Does he even know? I mean, he's doing it, one, because he's an, he's an egomaniac. Two, he's doing it because he doesn't like the idea that he lost. Three, he's doing it because you have to understand this is a guy who's been pretty much given everything he's ever wanted since birth. Um, no one's ever said no to this guy. In his entire life. Um he, he's, you know, branded everything from stakes to water to gambling to football. And basically two years ago, people said, Enough of this. We don't want this anymore. And I and when you say that to someone with his kind of ego, uh you get things like storming out of the Oval Office and January sixth happening. So I guess my my thing for tonight is, you know, some of these call are just chit-chat. Some of them are like focus groups. Some of them are, you know, are kind of like polling and how we we talk about things. Uh, I just want to get where you are on this. Is this something you really want to go through again? Um, I, I will take all opinions. I will take hell yes for Trump. Eh, for Trump, I'll vote for him if he's the nominee. To I really don't want this. I, I really don't want to go through this again and please fucking kill me. So I will take any of the responses along uh those lines it, it also we kind of had I, the other thing that's interesting to me about this statement or the speech is the Republican party basically just got their asses kicked in in, a, in an election. And we just learned basically the end results of that today with Kerry Lake losing those results, finally coming in the projections, obviously over the weekend, Blake masters <clears throat> and several others. And Trump's kind of out here, like giving a rah, rah speech about, uh, his past and then the future. And I'm like, this is so off key to what voters just decided to do. And this is why if, you know, you're a party that didn't have the kind of night you thought you're going to do, you, you kind of tuck your tail away and you, you go behind closed doors for a bit and try to figure things out. And you work on an autopsy, you work on messaging, you figure out, okay, how, how do we reconnect with voters that we should have gotten? And basically the, the best analogy that I liked from this election was that, the GOP won the popular vote by almost like 5%. And I think it's John McCormick. I think it's John McCormick from national review who said the country liked uh, the Republican party policies, but they hated the candidates. And I think that that's pretty much the most accurate thing you can say. And that's why Trump not postponing this is weird to me because the GOP st- out here, they're still trying to elect leadership. They're trying to figure out a messaging. They're trying to figure out, okay, our priorities with Biden. They did take the house by one seat. And so Trump just basically swooping in right now, it's going to cause a lot of fissures. It's how this affects the the December 6th runoff now, which may or may not even matter anymore. Um, How this affects, I think what's interesting is the whole talk of his indictment has gone away completely in the last two to three weeks. And so, uh, how that's going to complicate things. And uh, again, just the the fatigue I think people are going to have again. You are going to see, as I said today on the podcast, uh, you're going to see the same media strategy that Hillary Clinton deployed and CNN, CBS, in particular CNN, all carried out with delight, which is they're all going to kind of get behind him in some way or another. They're going to get they want Trump to suck all the oxygen away from a, new, a brand new host of rising star candidates and one very much so in particular that they see the right gravitating toward. And the goal here, again, is to just deploy the Pied Piper strategy that failed in 2016, but as we just saw with the midterms, uh, worked pretty successfully. They elevated MAGA candidates who couldn't get over 2020 and they all lost. And the goal here is to get Donald Trump to keep talking, put him in front of any outlet or any microphone that they can to get him ranting about stolen elections 2020 because the media and allies and democratic party now have a blueprint. They know that the country is over this. Uh, Trump has a record. And for based on the, whatever, how many minutes I just endured um, he's mainly just talking about the past. And I find being able to run on the past probably isn't going to work. Sometimes a see, I told you so, candidacy can work. People talked about Hillary Clinton possibly running in 2016, um, or I'm sorry, 2020. But with this, I think because of the nature of who he is and the nature of what he's, he's can be coerced into talking about. If Maggie Haberman or CBS News or 60 Minutes has him on and asks him about, you really think the election was stolen. He's going to give his unfettered mind and he's going to spray his fire hose of bullshit all over the place. And they're all going to sit back and delight while this happens. So, as I've said, it's not going to be people in media like me. It's not going to be conservative media if there is such a thing anymore. It's not going to be corporate media that sends this guy packing. It's going to have to be people like you. It's going to have to be people at the ballot box. And like I said, people are going to have to decide if they want to go through all of this again. And uh, it's my job to kind of sit back, observe, learn, and listen. So with learning and listening in mind, we'll go probably about an hour. So like I said, you can also bring up the midterms. I'm fine with that. Um, Topics like this, but like I said, I'm trying to just gauge you. Are you just over this or are you, uh, hell yeah, all in. Uh, In the spirit of an olive branch, I'm going to move Greg up all the way. Greg, uh, I had to cut Greg off last Friday and I wasn't here to host Saturday. So uh, just in the spirit of my kind giving Mood that I'm in tonight. Uh, Greg, think about what you saw tonight.
2: Uh, I'm sorry, didn't see the uh, announcement. I can't bear to look at that guy. Um, but I, <laughs> so I'd you're few... so you're all in,
1: then, for 2024.
2: <laughs> I'm all in for anybody but Trump on the GOP side. Anybody? Um, we could like literally anybody. 4 years 6 years ago whatever we could have beaten Biden with Jim Gilmore but no we got this thing um it no no Trump for me but uh I wanted to comment on um on the midterms and Trump there back in 18 I was at a um election night party for a uh, uh, at the home of a pretty senior Trump person who wasn't a Trump person during the, during the elections. And there I met Seb Gorka who told me that all their problems stem from M- Mitch McConnell. And I am convinced Trump's number one goal in congressional races is to keep Mitch McConnell from being majority leader.
1: Uh, that, that's uh-huh. interesting. So your, your, your working theory is that, nope, that's not a beer. Calm down. Um, your working theory is, is that Trump is basically already out to just torpedo McConnell. Yes. The, the interest, the interesting thing about that and the why, the way I wouldn't write that off one is just cause that's who he is. But two, you saw that today, Rick Scott announced a leadership challenge to mcconnell which people kind of thought might happen or whatever and this got a lot of heads people scratched people like i mean okay mcconnell's 80 years old we get it i I get that he's not well liked i don't really understand why he's not well liked um i think he's pretty much the most consequential republican of the last 30 years probably and um but maggie haberman pointed out that trump is going to push oh he's still going uh that trump is going to push rick scott hard like back him or publicly endorse this even. And I think what's interesting about that is Rick Scott's probably not going to unseat Mitch McConnell. I think that there's maybe two or three people who could. um, But what happens when Trump backs Rick Scott and, you know, just doesn't slam McConnell or Coco Chow? (laughs) His wife, uh, or whatever, but just it tacitly endorses Rick Scott and says we need new leadership because we're getting our asses kicked, and he taps into that that strain that we're seeing, especially on social media, people out here blaming Mitch McConnell. Um, and what happens when Rick Scott loses? I mean, that's another thing for Trump, where it's like, dude, you're fucking just toxic. Like, what are you doing? And I can see all of.
2: Uh, if Scott loses, look for Mitch to make peace with him real fast, because Mitch is all about the team. Yeah, I mean he somehow he held him together for you know the forty votes that he had against Obamacare. He got all those judges through, and that really hurt. Susan Collins with her voters, because that's all that matters on abortion was judges and Supreme Court justices, but he got her votes. Um, he-
1: oh. Did he just drop? He just dropped. Let's see if he jumps back up. Um, I didn't do that. So but here, there he is. Sorry about that, Craig. I'm 90% sure I
2: didn't. Uh, yeah, no, just that um, people want a bomb thrower when they need a chess player. And he is the chess player who will also throw one arm around his opponent's shoulders and use the other hand to stick the stiletto right through their ribs. And that's the guy to be afraid of. Yeah,
1: I mean, that's I've never, I've, 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 I talked about it again on podcast today about McConnell's demeanor is kind of the demeanor I like, where he, he's kind of nice and affable and goofy, and then he just like rips your spine out when you're not looking. <laughs> and you know, I don't, I don't. Again, I, I think, I think that the anger or whatever at him is just directed because he's the. And I've I've asked, when does a former president become the establishment? That seems. You know, Trump trying to position himself as the outsider, I don't think is going to work because he's barnstorming across the country endorsing candidates that all just lost. And again, that's why I don't understand the timing of this, like the week after this election where you pretty much just got drummed out of the Senate, um, which people are viewing as a bigger loss, that you should have been able to take the Senate because you have uh, a drooling Artard in Pennsylvania who couldn't make his way around the Capitol today without a leash and an escort. Um, You run a competent guy against him, he probably loses. You run a competent person against Mark Kelly, he probably loses. You run a competent – you know, you had two or three seats here that were easily up for grabs. And so the Rick Scott thing is also interesting in the sense of that he, you know, he came out with his – tax plan and social security plan. And they're blaming the fact that he came out with that and that Lindsey Graham came out and was like, oh yeah, but ban abortion. And I don't know how much accurate polling is on that, but they're pointing to those two things that basically all you had to do was get the fuck out of the way for the midterms and let just Biden and his party hang themselves, give them enough rope to hang themselves. And then you come screaming in with national abortion ban. Hooray. And um, even if that's what you're going to do, you should shut the fuck up about it, at least for now. And now Rick Scott's running to basically be party leadership. And that's kind of proving Biden's point and stuff saying, Hey, look, this guy's going to be their leader. And after, you know, McConnell and the party resoundly rejected Rick Scott's plan, Biden has been running with that saying, no, that's who they are. And now you have the guy with that plan stepping forward and being like, I'm going to, I'm challenging McConnell. <laughs> and so uh, I just see a bunch of circus monkeys right now running around with, with knives. And it's kind of, like I said, that's to me, for Trump to just jump in and throw a grenade into the middle of this, I don't. I, I, I guess I don't understand the timing of it. It looks like a. Uh, it looks like a position of weakness to me, and as I've said, you, you, everyone can still talk about how weak he looks, or this is the actual moment. But until someone actually campaigns against him, then we actually see it. But I genuinely... I haven't seen a base kind of this just ready to revolt. I think they're looking at this going, all right. Let's hear what he has to say. And then they, he's going on the, you know, the the China virus tour, and people are like, ah, oh, fuck, like. So, uh, Greg, I'll, I'll let you. I'll give you one more. But you clearly sound like you're all in for Trump twenty twenty. And last question, Greg. I guess my thing is, who is his cabinet? <laughs> Like, people joke and say Sidney Powell and Mike Lindell, and I kind of go, no, I, or Seb Gorka's defense secretary. And I'm kind of like, no, no, that's pretty much right on bar. That's pretty much what's going to happen this time around. I'll give you Uh-oh. Do we have a glitch here? Oh, good. This might be technical. Uh, okay, there he is. Go ahead. Yeah, we use the shock. Sure. Pad- we use the shock paddles on you. Go.
2: Yeah, just that we need to be out in international waters before we can enjoy the simple pleasure of a monkey knife fight. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know anybody of any Washington legitimacy who will serve in his cabinet. If Pence runs, it's a it's a kamikaze run. To take him down
1: yeah i mean i looked at it and i said if you really want to conspire against him and do it in a way that you know is legitimate to where you know i think it was i think it was dave marcus today who said you know trump's strength could be convincing his followers and convincing his supporters that there is an all-out push by the establishment, by the GOP, by whatever, by media, by corporates, by donors, by Wall Street, by everyone to keep him out. And I kind of agree with that. And so I, I guess I look at it and say, if you want to do it legitimately, you have to look at how he won the primaries. You had nine, eight, eight nine people. He splits a vote. He splits a vote five ways. He wins a plurality. And as I said, right now, in my opinion, there should be five or six people out there who are, who have publicly basically stated that they want to run and they are going to run. That should seriously reconsider <laughs> yep. when they see their polling is at six, seven, eight, nine percent, and you know you're not going to overcome that. Um,
0: if, if you're at thirty
1: percent, okay, but if you're if you're a Pompeo, if you're a Chris Christie, if you're a Mike Pence, I think that you have to seriously look at it. The goal is, like you said, the torpedo or keep him away. Uh, you have to you have to look at staying out and coalescing around one or two options to the point to where your primary, and it's hard because it's one of those years, it's a year where you have a weekend president who could very well be a lame duck, who might not even be running, and you could end up running against Kamala. You need to look at the idea of coalescing around one or two options. And people forget that that's how Biden essentially won the primaries. You had Bernie pulling off some victories. You had Pete Buttigieg. I, I still think they're counting Iowa for him right now. Um, and then Jim Clyburn stepped in and looked at Klobuchar and Buttigieg and said, "Your fourth place, your third place. You're not going to win. You need to drop out right now, endorse Biden. And that's how you stop Bernie Sanders. And that's exactly what happened. They both said, OK, we will. And that to me is what at least should be being talked about by those people right now with their families, with their advisors saying, look, you you have no shot here. This is right now the one person who does, or maybe two people who, who do right now. It's one person. That's just the lay of the land. It's one person right now that could change. And you basically stay, I'm staying out of the race and I will quietly tell my people to go endorse that other option and you have a two to three person primary and that's it. That to me is yep. how you do it. And if you don't do yep. it that way, Trump again can, is gonna end up splitting votes and, and wrecking off primaries. And that's just how it is. It's it's regardless of what I want or not, um, I, I'm not gonna vote for the guy, but regardless of what I want, I'm looking at this and saying, if you want to stop him, this is how you do it. You have to do it in a way that is fair. You have to do it in a way that gives power to the voters. You can't kick him out of the party. You can't, you know, do some shenanigans where you cut off donors or stop paying his legal bills. You need to just beat him, and that's it. And then you have to look at the best way to do that. So Greg, yep.
2: oh, just that Pence will run if he gets two percent just because to told him make to. the debates miserable. <laughs> yeah, because Jesus told to say, him to say inside right. stuff that will destroy Trump.
1: Yeah, maybe, but that's also stuff he could just leak. You know, so Lisa yeah, and his back. So yeah, I mean, we're off in silly season. I'm just I'm so fucking pissed. Like, normally, you get you get six, you get like a six, seven month respite over the shit. And then I can concentrate on other things. And uh I mean, I'm gonna make a vow tonight, and I'll do it on the podcast tomorrow that uh Trump has never been the center of my political universe. And uh I kind of make a vow to make sure he isn't that now. Uh, I know I had podcast lovers who were like, please just shut up. And I'm kind of like, this is a thing. I'm here to show you how media is going to coalesce around him because they think that Ron DeSantis or someone else is actually worse than, is is worse than Orange Hitler. So now we're we're up to like worse than Hitler six. Okay. And that's what they're going to do because they think that the country isn't crazy enough to vote for Trump again. You know what? They might be right based on, based on the results of uh, these last elections. And so again, I look at it and say, "You guys are the ones with the power here. So it, it's up to you what you want to do, and it's as simple as that." Yep. Thanks much. Thanks, Greg. Sorry again for cutting you off last no, week. No, no, no worries. No worries. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna leapfrog you again. Just saying. Matt from Jersey, go ahead. What's up, man? No, I'm just, I'm glad to be, like, spending another night here and not watching hockey. At least we're not doing the Fetterman talk again, right? Oh, God. I'm going to be on that. I mean, I spent a good 10 minutes today. I'm still going to be on top of that because commentary uh, is out with a piece basically about what I've been talking about, about uh, an attitude of collusion with the media and how journalists help kind of cover this all up and, like I said, I just I was just kind of rolling today because I'm like, this is happening exactly how I said it was going to happen, which is, you know, how how does this work? If, if journalists are going to have to hold up fucking cue cards at him, you know, like, I guess we should have maybe talked about that. But yeah, you, you're right. You know, it's
3: crazy. We're going into a, a, a new Senate and or not new Senate, but new Congress and all. There's legitimately three people that could be dead next year: Joe Biden, <laughs> yeah. Dianne Feinstein, and John Fetterman. Like legitimately, three people who could be like, like serious people in government who could no longer
1: be on the face of the earth. Um, almost Nancy Pelosi, um, uh, but she's you know. Undead, she's she's not gonna go anywhere. So, I'll talk about the you're you're right, and this, I mean, this to me is also another argument against Trump. He'll be 76. I like Brendan Buck's tweet, where he said it's not out of the realm of possibility that he also doesn't run in 2028. Um, (laughs) he's yeah, that's all it's gonna be until until Trump is dead, he's gonna be running. Um, somebody
3: needs to just ingrain in the very like supportive sycophants of for Trump that he's a one term and i know you always say this he'll say that he gets two terms but in, in reality that that's not going to happen he's a lame duck president who won't get anything done and it's just going to lead to more chaos and it's not going to help move the MAGA movement along whatever the message needs to be he's a he's an 80 year old one-term president he's useless
1: yeah i think that that's an interesting argument that we haven't heard yet it's like if you vote this guy in he's he gets legitimately one term. And like I said, I joke, but not really that he will absolutely hundred percent. Let's say he wins within a week. He's going to say, I get a second term because of all the Russia shit during my first one.
3: Sure. But that's when
1: he gets And then, in, and then it's right? just like, but what the fuck? Yeah, right. I mean,
3: the, the competing message and whether it's a DeSantis, and it's honestly, I think he's, the, the conversation is it's only one guy, the one guy that's taken every basically pot shot from the media, from, Covid to the migrants up to Martha's Vineyard to Disney. The guy just won by twenty points and two million votes. He is the candidate. There's no one else in the playing field.
1: He Trump, is the first. Trump, Trump, is, Trump is still going. By the way, I don't. I don't have audio, but he's still going.
3: <laughs> All right. So I'll get to the Trump part real quick. I'll give you my. I don't really. You probably don't really care what my reaction or opinion is, but like I obviously was very supportive for his first, um, you know, uh, go at it and and his reelection. His 2015 elevator speech was different. And I know he's a billionaire coming down from his fucking condo in New York City. It's no different than doing this thing at Marga-Lago. But he was at least supported and had his family in the backdrop. He didn't read much off the teleprompter. It was really 2015. It was really more just like Trump. And it was authentic. And he had like the hooting and hollering from kind of like the people off the street who they invited into the lobby of Trump Tower. Now, fast forward, it's Spinal Tap doing a fucking tour with a bunch of Trump supporters who who are donors and supporters and, and they're just as feeble as him in his resort with none of his family in the backdrop and this scripted teleprompter campaign
1: kickoff. It's just weak. It's just... That's now gone on for about an hour. There we like... go. It's. I mean, optics matter here. I mean, in his first speech, he basically just came out and said the American dream is dead. Like, it was. Good, you dead. know what? It was a good.
3: It was a good speech. I actually thought. I thought it was for the time, and I think that's kind of tied in. Is I think, for the time that worked. For the time what he just said. because I watched the first twenty minutes tonight.
1: What he said, people didn't vote for in the midterms. Right. Yeah. And, no, that's exactly that's exactly right. And this, I've been thinking a lot about this today. Um, like if if you 're the political right, what do you do here? right? because people are clearly concerned about inflation, not concerned enough, they clearly are concerned about crime in you know suburban areas, not concerned enough, clearly, so like uh, uh, Muriel Browser, i guess is is lowering again penalties for car theft, robbery, armed robbery, things like that, and she just won reelection by with by seventy five percent in washington d c I'm maybe it's just the post-election, but I'm completely apathetic to all of this shit. Like when I see now somebody getting shoved on the train tracks in New York City, I'm just kind of like, eh, OK. Yeah. yeah you know, so- or, or we just saw like this, this 12 year old girl dragged by this dude on a scooter. And I'm like, eh, you know, like, what do you want me to think now? Like you guys, you, you're clearly OK with this shit. So I'm I'm also one of those people that I look at this and I step back and I'm like, well, this is what you voted for. So I, what do you want me to do? It's kind of the Rorschach, you know, <laughs> you'll look up at me to, for, to save you and I'll whisper, no, I'm not going to do that. And that's not who I am. So I'm sitting here like Trump's doing his laundry list of shit. And I'm like, how many people actually care about what he's talking about right now? About 46 percent um, of the country. Right? The, the issues that really seem to hit home was. Uh, kids' education, how that's happening. So a little bit of the CRT, you know, hire a transvestite day. That stuff kind of uh, stuck. Um, and that's basically, I, I look at Glenn Youngkin and I'm like, why the fuck did you people just not copy what he said? Like, just copy what he's doing. Don't wear the dorky vests. And he's kind of a dork too, but you guys got so far away from, look what they did to you during the pandemic. And instead, your message was, uh, crime and inflation and, and whatever and that's some, that's something that sticks but the more I, I the more i get out from this election the more i don't want to say pissed off i get i'm like glenn Youngkin's whole message was look what they fucking did to you and your kids yeah
3: <laughs> but, but miller but miller but miller he, there were seats in virginia during the midterms that that were supposed to go to the republicans that did not so some there's was, there's was a disconnect there so he was, he was elected. Yunkin was at the height of when COVID was still kind of a thing in Virginia. Kids were masked, t, you know, ki, uh, t, or excuse me, parents were going to um, school council meetings and getting, you know, still going, um, by the way. Uh, cut off. He, Yunkin's timing was perfect. Now he's been in place. Those congressional seats in Virginia were not Trump people They're, Those were, you know, I don't know. I didn't follow the races, but those did not go to Republicans and you would think they would. So the, the point is this. I know there's a lot of my point is this. My reaction to the election is there's the dumb blame going around McConnell. There's the blame on Trump. And rightly so. He owns a large portion of this. But I think the message is wrong because the thing that people are not reading the room well enough on is the voters kind of are OK with whatever has been going on for the last two years in a way. They kind of like a little bit of the government support. I think the message is wrong to say people want socialism. That's like the Trump and, you know, Cruz way of like, you know, kind of scaring people. However, I think people want a little bit more government support and subsidies and they want that government handout. And they're okay with an old feeble guy as long as things don't go completely off the rails. And I don't know what completely off the rails means, like a complete fucking recession, Um, If that will get people to, you know, vote going to be hard to blame the Republicans on that one now. Yeah, but like clearly things been going pretty bad for the last two years. And that should have been enough of a reckoning to get some shitty bad candidates across the finish line. But none of these guys got pushed across the finish line for that reason. Any of them. And just a matter of data and numbers one or two would win a spot, and none of them did. And I don't buy the, oh, they didn't want to put in election deniers and they were tied to Trump. I don't buy that. One will fucking get lucky, and none of them did. So I just think it's the voters. I think it's a lot to do. The voters are pretty comfortable, and they just are okay with kind of the way things are. And the message, uh, Trump, the message Trump
1: is peddling isn't working. One last thing, and then i got to move on. Would you vote for him in 2024? Oh, okay. Coward. <laughs> uh, stand back there, I'm going to, we're probably going to go for about an hour, I mean an hour from where we were, um, but I'm going to jumble up a little bit. Uh, Maureen, go ahead. I'm, I'm bumping up people that I don't usually see. Um, I love the regulars and I love the subbers and stuff, but it's always good to get new voices in. Maureen, go ahead if you're there, and it's just a mute button. Are we? Are we all in? Hell no. Hell yes. Where are we?
4: Hi. I didn't realize I was at the front of the queue. Yeah, I do
1: that. It's, I make, this is my way of making sure people are listening. I, I, I bump them up or bump them back and keep them on. But go ahead.
4: I guess I'd say good night. I mean, it, I hope you're fine tonight. The rest of us aren't. Hello, everybody. Really.
2: <laughs>
1: Go ahead. Like, why aren't you fine tonight? Go, go ahead.
4: Well, who wants two more years of this?
1: Well, it's it it would technically be six years if we're being honest. Trump's basically launching like a Senate term. So, no,
4: I said two more though. Right, just to get to the election.
1: Just the nonsense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Normally, I've been
4: a conservative my whole life, and there's I would vote for the reanimated corpse of FDR. Before I would vote for him, now
2: <laughs> you might have to. They,
1: I mean, if Biden dro- if Biden drops, they're going to need a candidate. So you, that y- your sacrifice is probably very much welcome there. So you had Tommy Vener, the van driver from Pod Save America, giving a shout out to Harry Reid the other night on Twitter, <laughs> not ha- apparently having no idea that he died a year ago, which was it was one well, of my favorite things.
4: Well, to be honest, Harry Reid was probably responsible for more victories this year than Donald. That
1: was. is true. That with the machine in Nevada, that's absolutely true. With the machine, true. that's absolutely yes. true. Do you buy into Do you buy into the theory that Trump is just basically doing this as a vindictive shot at getting rid of McConnell and people that turned, stabbed him in the back?
4: I think that's partially it, but I also what? think his ego couldn't stand the beating he's taken since last Tuesday.
1: What do you think happens if, say, you have a Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump in the race with a few others, but let's say Donald Trump finishes second, third, second, third, second, third, second, third, third, fourth, third, fourth, second, third, in the first five or six primaries leading up to Super Tuesday? What do you think he does?
4: I think he drops out and probably runs as an independent just to continue to spoil it.
1: I'm just... My point in all of this, Marie, is I'm just trying to like deepen and extend our nightmares here. That's the only reason oh, yeah. I exist. So well, I,
4: I think that he is the <laughs> literally greed and revenge are the only thing that fuels that guy.
1: Yeah. I, again, you could make an argument in 2015 that. He he genuinely saw himself as someone who had solutions for the country. You forget he he released a book called "Crippled America" and everyone got on him for that. I think he ended up changing the title to that. But you can make an argument that he was like you know a Pappy Cannon type who you know genuinely saw where he could improve the country. And like the other thing that I was I was going to mention at the top I... of the show is that this is a guy who I think is also severely overestimating his victory in 2016. And when I, people ask, like, what do you think, you're never Trump, or what do you think? And, I, and what I mean by this is this. He loses a popular vote. I don't care about that. that. That is irrelevant to how we count votes in this country. It's an excuse for Democrats and the media to deny election results. That's all it is. But there were more people who voted for Hillary Clinton population-wise. His vote margins in states like Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wisconsin was something like thirty thousand votes total, which is what he basically lost by in those other in Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, and those states. And he he almost won Minnesota in twenty sixteen by about ten thousand votes. Almost won Minnesota. And that would have been nuclear for sorry, the N-word as he calls it, for Hillary. And so you had a guy who who beat a baked-in, very bad candidate? Now, does that mean that someone like Ted Cruz or Marco Rubio would have beaten her? I don't know. I don't. Who knows? I don't think Marco Rubio or somebody like that goes to Pennsylvania and stands in a trash in a garbage dump and you know puts on a hard hat. So, I think Trump was uniquely able to defeat Hillary Clinton, but he did so at the slimmest of margins. And since then, it's been downhill. The 2018 midterms are yeah. gone. The 2020 elections are gone. So you have a guy who basically won, you know, if you're in a seven game series, he won game four, you know, by one, you know, by one goal in game seven. And now it's just losing and losing. And so I guess I look at it that way. And that's what I say now. I'm like, why? Why does he want this again? What? Like, do you think Melania is just sitting there like, I don't fucking want to go through this shit again? Like,
4: well, I think it, she's renegotiating for prenup. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, so I mean obviously Barron's the answer trust what fund you is said. about
4: to get a little bigger,
1: yeah, I think what you said is correct is that this is a this is a this is an ego trip, which let's face it most most people who seek the White House, it's kind of an ego trip, but this is one that to me is so nakedly personal that I don't think he wants to be president, I just think he wants to win an election, and that's yeah. not gonna fly with people,
4: yeah, I think that's true, and I think that one other thing is. He can blame whoever he wants, um, but the world is a far more dangerous place right now than it was when he won.
1: It's a it's a different place. That's for I mean, that's the thing. Four years is a long time and even two and a half years from where we were. It's a completely different place. There's nobody was talking about critical race theory in schools two years ago. Nobody was talking mm-hmm. about how apparently there's a national dial up a uh, uh, trans. Actor for schools service, you know, none of this stuff was even being talked about two years ago, and so I don't. I mean, I mean, Trump. Trump can certainly be on those issues. I live in
4: in New York. You know, I live in New York, and it's still the crime was still not enough, and it just, you know, I New York is
1: New York's a purple state now for all intents purposes.
4: For this election, we'll see what happens in two more years. Yeah. Half those guys will get swept right back out.
1: Yeah, probably. I mean,
4: I'm in the county that that did in Maloney. So I know how precarious this is here. That was the only vote we could literally cast that had any hope of sending a message was to vote for Lawler. But I mean, I live one town over from New Square and they got a call from Joe to ask them to deliver the vote. Yeah. And it looks like in this election, what mattered to them was six years of continuous crime against Jews that went unanswered. But it wasn't enough like to get um, Hochul defeated. But I think they they wanted a little more say here in Rockland County. But uh, I mean, I think part of Trump's problem is that he doesn't really want the job. He wants the press conferences and the photo ops and this self-aggrandizement. But he's a total failure at everything else.
1: Yeah, I, I think that that's correct. I think that again, I, that would be the first. I would just ask him, like, why do you want this again? Like, what you know? And he'd give me the, I care for the country and stuff. But again, it's it, this was another thing. Just watching the, you know, the first twenty minutes tonight, I'm kind of like, this is this is. He's still he's still talking like it's 2015, and that's not going to fly. So, Marina well, give you the last word.
4: Who would be his chief of staff, and who would be the D listers, the the Z listers that would be in his cabinet this time? <laughs> around?
1: Yeah, that's, that's. I mean, was it, again, well, Huckabee we're, like, and
4: Hagelbith, who were basically tongue bathing him on Fox a half an hour ago.
1: Yeah, you would look at that. People are even asking about his running mate, and you know. Carrie Lake is now the popular one, because she doesn't have a job. Um, but I, I think Sarah Huckabee Sanders would be one, but she just got elected governor. So do you ditch the governor to, and I think as polling, more polling comes out, and, and as you see more people peel away from him, I, I think that he might end up pulling that. He might be, here's my running mate, and he's going to try. I think Trump's strategy is clear. When he backed McCarthy, that was in, that was a way of getting McCarthy to support him and just freeze the field. And, but that's the thing, McCarthy's not that popular either, but wow. that's what he's trying to do. He's, he's trying to get an early to freeze out the field, co- get people to coalesce behind him and basically warn off any challengers, including the governor of Florida, as we've seen as he's just gone after him for no reason.
5: Yeah.
1: And I, I don't think that that's going to work. That to no, me, this all looks,
5: it's
4: all coalesce the field me. around one possible winner.
1: Yeah, it just looks they, desperate.
4: They, hopefully they learned the last time.
1: I guess we'll find out.
4: You know, unless what's his name? John Kasich comes in again to run <laughs> until the bitter end.
1: Yeah, I don't know if there's any of those guys this time around. I, I think you're looking at you're looking at you know, Chris Christie, Nikki Haley, Tim Scott, Mike yeah. Pence. Ron DeSantis, and again, it's a completely different field of candidates with different yeah. beliefs and different things, and you know maybe even Don Jr. jumps in. Who knows? So, <laughs> Marine, thank you.
4: Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah. Cheers. Yep. And I, I'm I'm trying to go ahead and just drop off there, Marine. No, you're okay. Just or just mute your. So you, you guys are going to have to wait a little bit. Give me. I'm gonna. I'm gonna bump one more person up. Kate Hyde. Hello. Go ahead.
6: Is this working?
1: You're working.
6: All right. Yeah. This is my first time. Normally, I'm somewhere like loud or something, so I can never And, hop and now it my just head. sounds I like just you're poop. now
1: it sounds like you're pooping.
6: Oh, does it sound like I'm in a bathroom?
1: Oh, yeah. Are you I not be- in the bathroom?
6: No, I'm not in the bathroom. I'm in the halls of Mar-a-Lago. Hold on. I can go somewhere else, <laughs> <laughs> Is this better?
1: It's fine, Kate. Go ahead.
6: All right. No, I just thought that this would be a, such a fun one to jump in on. I don't know how much of the speech you listen to, but I found it quite fun and exciting. I thought, and then I kind of got nostalgia for everything that was great. And I was like, you know what, when he's cool, calm, he's off the
1: stage. Finally, what an hour, 15 minutes in.
6: Yeah. It it took a while, but it was, it was like a nice nostalgia. And I felt like when he's cool, calm and collected and reading from a teleprompter, he really like, I, I liked it. I said, you know what? I can do this again. I know there's a lot of, you know, we can argue all day whether it's good or bad, but I said, I could do this again. And then it just kind of got a little long, and I realized no one else is really paying attention. I mean, I looked down here, how many people were on here. Everyone was kind of just over it. Um, but I but I did think that it was a, a fairly good speech. It just got a little long. And uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of excited to see where this goes, but this is going to be a really, really long two years. <laughs>
1: Like his speech, it's going to go, people are going to be excited at first. And then by, what, what are we in November? By July, I think people are going to be enough of this.
6: Yeah. And, and last time he called it, it, he had another seven months to go. It was, he called it in the middle of uh, June of 2015. So he had a year and a half that time. This is a full two years. And I don't know if you noticed, the first thing I noticed was he actually looked great. He was healthier looking than he was in 2015. He's the only person I've ever seen who hasn't aged a bit. <laughs> yeah. And he actually he re- looks skinnier He reversed, he reversed
1: aged out of his first term. Biden, Biden, yeah, Biden, is, Biden. Biden is turning into the guy from, uh, Biden's basically the guy who drank from the wrong grail in Indiana Jones. Trump, Trump because of like wherever he, you know, whatever elixir he's drinking. Uh, whatever is, was in that somehow,
2: water bottle.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I
0: mean, it's, it's,
1: he doesn't drink and, you know, he, he lives in a, and he lives in a state with a lot of moisture. So I'm sure he stays kind of hydrated. Um, But uh, I know, like I noticed his, the pictures of Tiffany Trump's wedding and I was like, Oh, he looks old. He does look a little thinner. Um, But I mean, again, that's, that's going to be dependent upon when he's standing next to a 45 year old.
6: Yeah. But you know what? There might be something, if he really can, can, bump his way into this race. DeSantis might, I mean, we've talked about it a million times. I've heard a million people talk about it, that there's really no benefit to DeSantis hopping in this early. He can really make his mark as governor. Florida needs him. You know, granted, there are a lot of, I love Byron Donalds, you know, there's a lot of people who could fill the role, but, but I think he's doing a great job in Florida. You know, Florida needs him. And, and uh, you know, Trump could really take this and do the four years. And then again, he's he's out in four years, whether he likes it or not, he can't do the eighth. And, and you know, everyone's saying if Melania, you know, can go along with it. I'm telling you right now, no one wants this more than Melania. Melania wants the revenge of everyone who came in and destroyed their life after this. And and, and, and also took down, and rage? also
1: Joe Biden taking away all of her stuff in the white house we can agree that melania had like really good taste for the white house and then jill biden came in and shipped it all out although did you see that resistance twitter was just completely uh drowning in grief because jill biden kept the rose garden the way that melania did it
6: yes oh my gosh uh michael beschloss you know yeah. his his one role of completely destroying melania's garden yeah he, he's <laughs> Just <laughs> apoth-
1: do you That's really want all of that shit again? Do you really want? So Jennifer Jacobs did it tonight, and what I talk about, and I'll, and I'll do this on the podcast tomorrow as well. When I say that they're going to do it again, it's not just promoting him. She does pooling for that. She's she's one of these Biden stenographers. This is a this was an actual tweet, so everyone knows that. Two missiles or missile hit Poland tonight. Biden is saying that he doesn't think it's Russia. Well, that's great. Okay. Um, I, I guess it was, what, Iran or Belarus? But so here, this is what I'm talking about. And this, is, this goes into, like, do we really want to fucking do this for four more years? Which is Jennifer Jacobs tweets, Rocket Man, on the Mar-a-Lago soundtrack, the John Elton song tonight ahead of Trump's announcement about running in 24 while Biden is about to gather world leaders for an emergency meeting on the Ukraine war and the Russian made rocket that fell on a village in Poland and killed two people. Like, <laughs> I just read this tweet and I, and I had just four years of flashbacks of this shit. Like, you know, Donald Trump overfeeding the fish is what led to Shinzo Abe's assassination kind of shit. And I'm just like, do we really want to do, and I get it's Twitter and it's online, but this is the kind of performative shit that they're just anxious to get back on. Uh, Glenn Kessler made an appearance tonight, by the way, if we're all happy about that. Glenn Kessler is back on the job, and I think Daniel Dale is injecting Pedialyte into his veins to get ready for the next.
6: He Trump is giving so many people a purpose again. They had no personality without Trump, and now they're going to get their personality back. He's going to give all the Reply Guys careers once again. You know Elon's going to let him write back on Twitter, as he should be on Twitter. Forget about Truth Social. He's going to make a blast onto Twitter. NPR had the same thing that you can't just say that Trump announced his presidency. They have to go out and say, election denier yada 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 president trump we all know who trump is you don't have to give that background in the headlines all the time and i don't know if you saw this did you see that sbf while he was giving while trump was giving the speech decided to chime in and throw some more action out on twitter almost to go under the radar? no i've
1: been working kate
6: oh i'm sorry (laughs) Some of us are just having fun across the board here. But anyway, it's a
1: no-fun zone right now for some of us. But, but your optimism is appreciated.
6: All right. Well, thanks for letting me hop on and and keep up the great work.
1: Thanks, Kate. You can follow you can follow Kate and Kate Hyde on Twitter. Thanks for your patience on that. Go ahead, just saying. Or did I lose him? Or is he gonna just make my life miserable because I keep hopping him? All right, just saying. Jump back in the queue. I'll come back to you. I know. I know that could be glitch. Where are we? Are we? Are we with the uh, just incredible humor and optimism of of Kate? Or are, are we in hell?
5: Purgatory, maybe? I don't know. Um, I, I kind of had a few thoughts on elections because I didn't do that. Was not do able to join last Please make it up. Uh, but, but they relate to the, the Trump thing. So, first of all, I'm going to take a victory lap, even though it's an extremely Pyrrhic victory that I predicted here six weeks ago that Fetterman would win. I told you, you cannot underestimate. The Well Samuel's that is like
1: is- four callers back, so you can just tell him because I didn't really take a position. Um I, the only the only poll that I saw that I kind of got where I was like, oh, okay, was Decision Desk, um, who whose founder is based in Pennsylvania and I was like, okay, well if they're saying he has if he has a fifty four percent chance, then I believe it. And a couple others that I don't you know, people I talk to, but um it doesn't surprise me, you know, nothing really, nothing really surprised other. I mean, I would have thought at least carry Lake or masters or someone like that would have won, but they got completely shut out, like completely shut out, like all of them. And that is something that should be studied. And, uh,
5: yeah, I was very, I think really for the first time in the years, really kind of took it personally, last week's election results. Uh, I know that you, you shouldn't allow, especially if you work in the political era, you shouldn't allow yourself to be surprised by things. But I just feel like if people couldn't be shaken out of, you know, their usual voting patterns by what's happened in the past couple of years, there's nothing that's going to persuade them. I know that, you know, defeatism isn't helpful. Um, but, I, I, you know, I don't even know where to go from there overall. I agree with you, even though I called Fetterman because Pennsylvania, again, cannot emphasize enough garbage state. Um, At least in some of the other states like Arizona, you look what's going on there at the border. So, you know, that brings me to Trump. And I want to say this carefully because there are people with whom I interact on Twitter and probably some of more on the call who are very big Trump supporters. And I respect that other people may have that opinion, that's fine. Um, for me, <laughs> I'm trying to think of the analogy. Oh, yeah. Okay. I don't, I don't know if you can relate to this as a guy. I think this is mostly phenomenon in, in female circles. But the ladies on the call will relate to this. If you have a circle of friends that you've known for years, you know whether from childhood or otherwise. If it's big enough, there's generally one person there who is just like the drama magnet and generator all the time. And they might have their good points, but they always seem to be in the middle of 20, you know, crises. Um and they expect whatever's going on, they're they're always getting into tussles with people and you've always got to be on their side and you become kind of like the enemy if you don't jump in with them. There's that one girl, sorry, woman, who is just like the drama person. And at a certain point, even if you've been friends for a long time and you had some good times together as you mature, you kind of start backing away from that person because they're just so freaking exhausting that the juice isn't worth the squeeze anymore. And that's kind of how I feel about Trump. This <laughs> is why Kim Cattrall wasn't on
1: the new Sex and the City, by the way. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm probably the only like, like male conservative Generation X that I can go. Yeah, that's Kim Cattrall on Sex in the City. And she's gone. <laughs> um, but it also, in fairness, using that example, it also made it less watchable. So I guess you can transfer that over to Trump is, do, are people ready to just turn away from this?
0: Well, and I, you know,
1: wh- it's like the Simpsons thing of just don't look and it'll go away. And I, I think like tonight we can talk about it and stuff like that. But, you know, and you you are going to see media and you're going to see hostile media and the Lincoln dudes and those people, they're going to make Trump the center of the universe again. Oh, yeah. And I guess I look at it and go, how many people want to look at this again? Are, are we going to do that? Or are people just going to go, oh, Trump just said China virus again. Okay. Because that's another thing about Trump. He, Whether he does it on purpose or not, he depends a lot upon shock value. And he depends a lot on getting your attention, which is why, you know, he throws out bombastic things about Glenn Youngkin, Chinese, huh? you know, or, you know, he goes after Mitch McConnell's wife whom he hired or he goes, he just, he goes right after Ron DeSantis and he's going to go after his wife and maybe she didn't have cancer or so, you know, and that's what he depends on. But after it's like South Park, which is, or Beavis and Butthead, like these things were so shocking when they first came out. And I'm not saying South Park's not shocking stuff. I mean, but they're smart, but eventually it just, it, it becomes so gratuitous that you just kind of go, Eh, all right you know like he's doing his thing again we so yeah. if, if he's not if he can't if if the best and i and i think this came through with ron de saint demonius and uh a tweet from a rolling Weak. stone journalist weekly yeah like five syllables and he workshopped that and are people really gonna go for the like whatever and uh Aswin Suesenberg from uh, Rolling Stones said, you know, I can't believe Ron D. Sucks Ass was just hanging out there and he didn't go with it. And I just was rolling.
5: <laughs> that it is was so
1: funny. Like, and like, that's what I mean. It's like, are we really going to do this? And it's again, it's like people are saying, I mean, it feels like the nostalgia tour. Like, really? Do we really need another Ghostbusters film? Like... Well, Do we really need another fuck? Do we really need a fucking Yoda series for Disney? Like, what are we doing here? And that's kind of what this feels like.
5: I do. I have come to the realization over the past few days, just from interaction with some mutuals, that there is a, I don't know how sizable they are, but certainly a considerable number of people who really are just diehard Trump voters. And they've come out and said, if he's not running, we're going to sit it out. And then you'll see because we'd like and I'm thinking, OK, I mean, that's your right, certainly. But this guy's 76 and he's not necessarily in the greatest of health. I and mean, I think he's better than the current guy, which isn't saying much. So, like, that's your game plan for the rest of your voting life. I, I I, don't know where we go from here, because I believe that there is a group of people who will sit it out if he doesn't get the nomination. And if he doesn't get the nomination, I believe he'll go through the party like he'll never retire gracefully from the field. He doesn't have it in him. Yeah. I mean the Um, question the question is is
1: I was talking to people about this and now there's sort of loser laws and, you know, where it's like he 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 literally could not be on a ballot because he didn't win the nomination outright. Um there's filing deadlines that he would have to meet. This isn't like Ross Perot anymore. You know they've put in safeguards to prevent something like that from happening again, which is kind of funny in its own right. So I don't know how much effect that has. I think the most thing he could do is what he did for Georgia, which is just say the whole system's rigged and you should sit it out. The question becomes, is that enough? Zed Jelani and I had a back and forth about this today, and Zed's very good on this stuff. And he's like, you know, is that, is that enough to get people to stay home with a favorable candidate? Because it's not like someone would be nominating Jeb Bush in his place, right? And so odds are, if they nominate someone ahead of him, it's because that person is extremely competent, uh, more positioned to take on the arguments that we are currently making in the country. Um, And again, it, it all goes back to the Florida governor, in which case, this is someone who just won Florida by 20 fucking points. So for him to go, you all need to sit this out, the system is rigged. I think a lot of voters, I'm sure some people would just go, yeah, no, DeSantis is a neocon. We've already seen that argument. He's a jeb. We've seen that argument. And I don't know how much that sticks, but I don't know how much his voters would actually sit it out when DeSantis is, you're looking at, uh, you know, a Kamala Harris term or a second Joe Biden term or something. So I don't think that that necessarily works. And the more that I talk about this with people, the more I'm the more I'm less concerned that that would actually happen. And I'm one of the fir- I was one of the biggest proponents of a Trump runs third party and just wrecks it all out of spite, but there's safeguards to to prevent that. So the most that happens is he does what he did in Georgia, which is to say, it's all rigged. You shouldn't mm-hmm. vote. And then they sit it out. And, you know, now you have a dem- democratic majority Senate. Um, you know, the, another thing that's going to be interesting to watch on top of the Rick Scott thing is if he backs Rick Scott and Rick Scott loses. Okay. What happens if he goes to Georgia and he he just starts railing <laughs> on Brian. He just starts railing on Brian Kent or Kemp. And he just starts railing on DeSantis. And he just starts railing on Youngkin. Youngkin? as Chinese. You know, he starts doing that. And Herschel Walker loses. I think that's probably the end for him. I think his polling just hits the floor. And, you know, he'll be in there, but it'll be like, They'll start polling other candidates, you know. And like I said, there's maybe one or maybe two other options, but that's that's what's him coming out and doing this now is so strange to me because there's so many pitfalls where things can only get worse for him.
5: <laughs> he I, doesn't I need
1: he doesn't you, need the name ID. That's the thing. Normally, candidates that announce early they need name ID. They need to get out there. They need to get donors. He doesn't have any of that. Trump could have waited until July or August, probably.
5: He and doesn't have the patience, I think he's just led by emotion. I mean, I, I'm just going to say, I guess my I think my he sees point,
1: I think he sees the ground shifting beneath him and he has to get out in front of it or he thinks he does.
5: Fair enough. I, I think something that I've said before is, is even more true now, which is that whatever else you want to say about little pot shots they take against each other. I feel like in the end, the Democrats always band together, even if what they get done is not stuff I want to get done. They're much better than that. And the past couple of weeks, just seeing conservatives and Republicans just attacking each other more than anything, um, it's it's very dispiriting. And, you know, I used to be more kind of a moderate person, much more conservative now, seeing what the Democratic Party stands for. It's like you they need to get their act together. This kind of thing is just, I mean, I, I can't pretend like I know exactly what was driving voting, but I feel like you have to at least assume that an element of it was that they were tired of strife and tired of kind of all these, all the drama. You know, getting back to my original point, and the the party just needs to come together and unite against, co- coalesce around whoever they want to. And he is just never going to be that person. He's not a team player. And I, you know, there there were advantages to that maybe in 2016, but we're not in 2016 anymore. So, you know, if there's any chance of getting this country back on track, in my opinion, to anything approaching <laughs> a normal, healthy country again. Um, we need to do better than we did last week, we like conservatives, Republicans. Um, and he's not going to help that effort. That, that's just my bottom line. Again, I'm not, I don't mean any offense to people who support him, but I, in the bigger picture, I don't think that he's going to do what the country needs to do.
1: So this, this is just kind of breaking. This is one of the fun things about this format uh Jonathan future reports two two trump children did not attend tonight ivanka trump in a statement says she does not plan to be involved in politics don don jr was hunting out west and unable to catch the flight due to weather per a source so don jr's running we know that here's ivanka's statement i might have just lost my in to control him um i i, I was always trying to like, control him through his daughter who i believe is the only person that can control his impulses here's a full full statement from Ivanka Trump and then fail. I'll give you one quick response and I'll I'll move on to someone else, but it says I love my father very much. This time around I'm choosing to prioritize my young children and the private life we are creating as a family. I do not plan to be involved in politics. While I always will love and support my father going forward, I will do so outside the political arena. I am grateful to have had the honor of serving the American people and will always be proud of many of our administration's accomplishments. Signed, Ivanka Trump. So my I, I have no in to this administration
5: anymore. So for yeah. what it's worth, she was always the best one. Um, so here I actually have a little insight to offer. Uh, they're in Florida, as you know, and I have family that moved out there from New York in the Jewish community, to which obviously she and Jared had ties, and they've really been working hard on kind of building up their profile and connections, and I think that even though there are a lot of people who moved from New York, the community isn't 100% totally like pro-Trump. I think that she really is, they, she's focused on, like, she doesn't want the drama anymore either. They don't see that it's not profitable to her and I think she and her husband are just focused on um, making connections that they think are more profitable. Not just money-wise, but just better for them as a family. So, I believe her when she said that she's, like, she's over it. Yeah, I mean, that's all the,
1: that's my, any influence I had over Trump is gone. So that, <laughs> I'm that, sorry. That might be a meme that has to die now. So Faith, thank you. Thank you. Good to hear from you again. Uh I'm gonna go a little back up.
7: You're on strength
1: talks about leaving his governor alone, but go ahead. All
7: right. Well, I guess uh I guess i won't say that. Goodness gracious. Um <laughs> At at first, at first, you know, getting bumped. The first, I knew I was going to get bumped right away. Second bump, I was like, whatever. But then, you know, third bump, I was going to hang up. But when it was Kate Hyde, I mean, goodness, Twitter crush number one. If you're not following Kate Hyde, you're doing Twitter wrong, everybody. But uh, that being said, um, as far as the Trump announcement, I'm more of the, you know, let's sit by the warmth of the flames. And uh, there's definitely a massive MAGA contingent. Uh, at least on Twitter, that is highly vocal. Where I I just looked at the feed and it was just like so much excitement when they, when you know Smug leaked the you know like oh he already uh, signed the official deal, and oh my goodness it was just like it's happening and I was like oh, well here we go buckle up. I mean I don't I don't despise the guy as much as some, but he's obvious he's also not my hero. I'm more of a you know. You know, it is what it is kind of cat. But, um, you know, when you think of things like uh, Kari Lake losing, I was trying to tell someone today who was stunned about that. And I'm, I used to live in Arizona for a long time. So I tell people, I was like, you got to understand, like, when it comes to Kari Lake, there's a meritocracy version of campaigning that the right enjoys, this owning of the libs, so to speak. And I go, and Kari Lake had all of that. But the left is not. Or, or independence. Nobody else is about that. Nobody else is about the owning of the libs the way you're about the owning of the libs. So don't be surprised. I, I, think, I, think,
1: I think that think there was an element of Fetterman's campaign that was about that. Um, but that's only because their candidate can't fucking talk or understand words spoken at him. Um, but I, I think a lot of that just comes from because they control so many institutions – <clears throat> and you have something now, like social media, where we can it can make fun of people over there on the left. But as far as candidates, I agree that that's the kind of stuff that should be left to like the ruthless guys, or to a certain extent, me, or you know, other things. But yeah, when you when you get it into into a candidate form where that's their whole brand, it really just does turn the normies off. And you have to remember, like three percent of the entire country is on Twitter. And gets these in-jokes and stuff. And so, um, yeah, I mean, clearly that's what voters didn't want. <laughs> There's no other way to put it. They all, you know, uh, they all pretty much put all of these people out to pasture. And you have, like, you know, Carrie Lake's whole thing. You have Blake Masters releasing a, a gun video that makes him look like a serial killer and some of this stuff. It's kind of weird. And so that was clear.
7: Yeah, exactly. I, I, you know, I just tried to explain to you know this person who was totally blown away, like how to carry a lake loose, and I was like, you can't understand? I'm like, I, I go back to her, um, her response to the uh, mother of the um, person who passed away on January seventh, right? The, the guard, and I said, I've never seen such an adept response where they showed you know, empathy and some sort of, no, I wouldn't say contrition, but long story short, but then she even transitioned it into a political hit so seamlessly. And to the right, that is like gamesmanship 101. Oh my God, look at her. She's so great at this. And I go, that gamesmanship thing, that's gone. These people, you know, nobody else cares about that. So um, whether you think the you know the 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 Democrats in Maricopa County and Nevada or whatever were like let 's keep this going until we win. I get that, but i 'm saying in the long run, like your values are not their values, so to you, I said, we have a president who didn 't campaign and he won, and so we have Katie Hobbs who wouldn 't debate and all that other jazz, and it doesn 't matter to other people. it matters to you. And that's why you're having a hard time with this, but it doesn't matter to them. And as far as Trump and announcing and the whole deal, it's, I try, you know, there's a big MAGA contingent. Sorry, about ten IPAs in. Um, there's a big MAGA contingent, but there's not. You know, it's like they they as big as that is. It's it, it Trump is so polarizing now on the right. You know, and I, I think there's more MAGA than people realize that are non-MAGA, but nevertheless, it's like there's gonna—he doesn't, he's not gonna appeal to the independent voter because this time around, he doesn't have Hillary Clinton, and and the whether they want to believe it or not, he was up against Hillary, the most unlikable, worst candidate in the history of the presidential run, and he barely he he, he blew her out, but not even by enough. And I'm just saying he doesn't have that now. So it's like, you know, it's, it's basically like you either got to decide either never Trump's got to lean towards MAGA or MAGA's got to come to realization. I think the problem, though, you have is he loses in a primary and MAGA is still going to be like, the hell with this. We're out of here.
1: Or they'll say it's cheating and it's rigged or whatever. Yeah. Um, that's uh, I'll give you one. I'm going to give you one question for you to answer and then uh, we're going to move on. If he's a nominee in twenty twenty four do you vote for him?
7: Yes, I vote for him if it's him and whatever the democrat is i will i will say you know as far as i'm concerned I'm, i i'm won't expound too much, but you know you take away covid he's still our president. Let's not bullshit ourselves like you take away covid he's still he he wins by a landslide so um you know, not, not saying we wouldn't have inflation, and all this other jazz going on. I don't know if, how bad it would be by comparison. He surely, he surely would have kept us in energy independent. I'm just saying, if it's him or Biden or Kamala or whatever, I will vote for Trump, and I'll leave on, uh, you know, go America, go Broncos. Right on. <laughs> uh, uh, I, go, I, go Broncos I, with their five and whatever. Uh, I season. five and on five and twelve. Yeah, I, I'm
1: off. Like I can I can handle losing. I just like exciting teams. Like I was watching yeah. I was watching a bit of and I, and I don't watch games. I usually just have Red Zone on in the background or whatever. But um I was watching the Broncos Titans game and it was just so fucking slow. Yeah. So the one thing I liked about it is I love seeing the the Broncos go into opposing stadiums where these yeah. fans pay two to three hundred dollars a ticket and then their team they, it slows to a, a grind. Yeah. And yeah. they're so pissed off that they're not seeing any scoring, and that's so. I'd, I enjoy that. Well, um, but uh, one I, I was like watching other games, and I'm like, why can't they do yeah. that? And it's like it's the it, the two stats that fascinate me are, it's the first time in the in the NFL since 1946 that a team has the number one defense and the worst offense. It, yeah. it was the Steelers. And um, and then the other stat is this is the only time since 1966 that the Broncos have fewer than like 131 points this far in, so it's it's a historic it's a historically bad offense. We are w- we are witnessing history with the Denver Broncos. Yeah,
7: two two more real quick. The with on the Bronco thing is uh, the the Colts picked up a, picked up a coach, you know. And yeah, they beat the they beat the Raiders and with McDaniel's. It's too funny, but they scored more points in that game than yeah. we scored in an entire game all year. Yeah, I'm
1: remember. I'm I'm all aboard. I, I think I think like the, the the Broncos play the Raiders this week, and I think that that's winning coach yeah. keeps his job.
7: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and well, I've been, I've been calling and I'm all board, I'm all I've aboard.
1: I'm all aboard. I'm all aboard the Icho Evero train. I want them to make yeah. him determine just I'm, I'm see what they him. have.
7: I'm with you 100%. I've been calling him Can't Hack It on Twitter for weeks now. It hasn't picked up. I don't know why. But um, the other one, too, is I was talking to a friend the other day, blah, 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 uh, talking about Broncos and football, and I said, you got to understand, for a Bronco fan, watching the Super Bowl 48 where we had this number one offense and we didn't do shit and then winning on defense, don't get me wrong, I'll take the win but we really wanted the offensive team to blow out the other team. You yeah. have no idea how yeah. Bronco fans feel. All right, go America. Go Broncos. Have a good night. Trump, uh, MAGA 2024. I mean, for two years now, he's just going to try to beat the shit out of any potential you know, rival and lay off my governor. <laughs>
1: uh, I'll get to Susan in a minute. I want to bump up Josh Seattle. Who uh, I know is back here. He's been on, he's been on a few of these, and I don't think I think he's I've had him on once. So Josh, go ahead. On so the back on their toes. Go ahead, Josh.
0: I'm here. Can you hear me?
1: <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, hold on. I'm having problems. I yeah, that- I hear you. I got you. I just I like the door slam. Like it sounded like you were running in from wherever you were
0: to it's like. Oh no! I'm here. Go ahead. <laughs> Sorry about that. Ah, uh, this is gonna be a terrible two years. <laughs> Somebody, please. Shoot how bad? So, how bad do you think it's gonna be? Is it gonna be
1: our worst nightmare, or is it? He could just announce tonight and go away. Like it, to me, it depends on how he does this. Like now, he's announces I'm running, but if he disappears for like six months now. You know, pops his head up occasionally on True Social and, you know, goes after Ron DeSantis' his wife or something. Or he's going to end up, he's going to be doing rallies every fucking week for two years. So what, le- what level of hell do you think exactly we're, gonna, we're going to witness? The, the ultimate
0: hell. I can tell you in Washington State. So like a every- rally every a rally every week kind of hell? Absolutely. And everybody in Washington state is a DeSantis fan because we've been closed for two and a half years and we're just done with him. However, we're a shithole state that nobody cares about because everybody votes Democrat anyway, so it doesn't matter.
1: Yeah, but I mean, Washington is sort of like Oregon where it's the rural areas can can tilt red. And also because you're, you're, you're right next to kind of Montana there. Montana's a red state, so you'll get some overflow there. I mean that's an we'll be four we'll be four years out from the pandemic, but if Biden tries to keep going on it, which he's doing um it'll be interesting to see if if somebody like that if I'm not saying wins, but how much interest like people who couldn't move to Florida and Washington, Oregon and California I'm not saying California goes red by any means or but how much of that population spills over to like like you just said. Like our, we've been locked down for two years, and everyone I know wishes they could have had DeSantis. Like that's that would be an interesting thing to see on on in the election.
0: Every single person that does not live in downtown Seattle and Olympia and downtown Spokane wishes they could have had a governor like DeSantis for the last two and a half years, and wishes they could have been freed from the bondage of this place. And the only reason they couldn't move was because they were stuck here and they hate it here so bad that I can I mean, most of the states read anyway. That's what people don't understand. But uh, I mean, it's just crazy how much people uh, are changing their political views.
1: Um, Do do you think Trump holds a rally in Washington in the next year or so?
0: I don't think anybody would go. I mean, he locked (laughs) us down. He shut my business down for 30 days. I mean, he made Fauci king, and everybody here knows it.
1: Uh, what what Josh is tapping into is, I think, Trump's biggest vulnerability, which isn't going to get addressed. I mean, Trump will just be doing his thing for a few months. But when candidates start to get in, uh, I think the argument you're making right there is the one that probably fucking kills him, which is uh, Trump can say... He, you know, he can come out and say, whatever Fauci told me to do, I did the opposite. That's his line. And right there, all DeSantis has to look at him and say is, then why didn't you fire him? And I think that that's where he's vulnerable. I think that that's probably the weakest part right there. And on top of that, Trump didn't want Kemp to reopen. And then DeSantis opened up right after Kemp. I don't think Kemp is, is running for president. Um, he'd be an interesting candidate if he did. But um, I think what you're getting what you're getting onto is someone who had to close their business and maybe take out a loan or whatever. And you were locked down and you were in a blue state. So it was extra miserable. Uh, I don't think Trump really understands just how much he can be attached to the pandemic. And I'm not talking about the fact that it happened because I kind of agree with one of our previous callers that if the pandemic doesn't happen, Trump is probably reelected and fairly easily. Um, but I don't think he or his people really understand the uh, the palpable thing there that they can tie to Trump, which is you left Fauci in charge, you left Burks in charge, you didn't fire them when everyone was telling you to, and Fauci basically just put himself and the media in charge of the pandemic. And uh, I think you could even argue he worked with Andrew Cuomo in New York and praised him. And I think that that's where Trump is the weakest. And I think it's for, for a lot of people, I think it's something that can stick. You know, it'll be four years, it'll be three years since, you know, we really came out of lockdown and pandemic and stuff like that. And who knows, if variants come along that force us back into it or whatever. Um, but t- being able to tie Trump to Fauci is his biggest thing. And he didn't have that in 2015. He was an unknown quantity and he didn't have policy He didn't have a record. He can run on economics and he can run on trade and stuff like that. But then all someone on the stage has to look at him and say is, and you listened and didn't
0: fight." I don't know how I voted for him in 16 and 2020. And I don't know how anybody who supports him now can. I mean, most people that support him now are anti-vaccine, anti-lockdown, Trump's pro-vaccine. He locked us down. How can anybody support him again after what he did to us?
1: Uh I think you make a valid and interesting point with that. And yeah, I mean it's interesting because how does what does Trump do? Does he take credit for the vaccine that a lot of people on his base don't want? <laughs> or does, you know, and that's another interesting thing with DeSantis, who walks that fine line of you know vaccination and stuff like that. And that's, that's going to be, an that to me is going to be maybe one of the most interesting aspects if those two get in a race and in a debate, that's going to be one of the more interesting aspects of how do you make a play for that vote? Um, which is, you know, DeSantis was the only governor attacked for actually getting people vaccinated. Um, he didn't do it equitably was 60 Minutes' this thing, but he's also anti-mandate. And I think that that's the thing that That's where his kind of out to me is, which is, hey, if you want to get vaccinated, go get vaccinated. I'm just not going to fire you or mandate you. And then, you know, he can turn and look at Trump and say, your guy, Fauci, wanted to mandate this on people and endorse the Biden administration's OSHA plan, uh, which was ruled unconstitutional. And that's where Trump, to me, blows a gasket. So uh, I'll give you one last word. And I'm going to try to I don't know if I'm going to get through everyone here tonight, but I'm going to try. I'm probably going to be back here tomorrow night as well. So if I don't get you in, um, probably plan on doing that.
0: But I'll give you one last word, Josh. Go ahead that's it. Let the other guys talk. I appreciate what you do. And yeah, what you said is exactly how I feel. And a lot of people in blue states feel. And I think DeSantis can make incredible inroads in a lot of these areas that have been historically blue because of what Trump let Fauci and Birch do. Have a good night. Thanks, Josh.
1: I always like the blue state perspective. I have another one coming up. So now we get the perspective in Oregon with uh, Susan. Uh, Josh, if you just mute your mic, I can drop you.
8: Uh, hey, Stephen. I agree with everything Josh said. You're right up I, there. Yep, I agree everything Josh said. I agree with everything Faye said. I probably agree with more than I lost track of. Um, the only thing I'm going to say about Trump is that Trevor Nunn has a very good um, King Lear that you can rent on Amazon, and that's what it is. I, you know, normally I'm quoting Bible stuff. I'm quoting Shakespeare this time. It's King Lear all over again. So he's the old man who, yeah, it's King Lear. Okay, the other thing, though, and it's not as fun. It's more fun to talk about candidates. The Democrats have an excellent machine, and the Republicans have been very lazy or just distracted from building the machine. And so much more energy and money and time Needs to go into building the machine, and so and, and the primary the primary
1: comment. reason for that is because they spent the last three years stuck on the last election, and so when you write off that you didn't lose the election because Trump became very unpopular in bluer parts of the country that he won, when you write all that off as the election is stolen, then you 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 lose Half. the excuse, you lose the autopsy essentially. Okay, where it says, how did we yes and no.
8: Yes and no. I mean, um, the Molly's Ball and um, Hemingway wrote an article in a book. Uh, Molly Ball is liberal but wrote this thing about how they fortified the election. Yep, that was in
1: Time Magazine.
8: Yep, and then Molly Hemingway wrote a very detailed book about how it was rigged. And they were both right, and they were both describing the same thing. And – if Trump hadn't been yelling about this steal, then maybe Republicans might have done something about it. If there hadn't been January 6th, maybe Republicans would have done something about it. But you know, Democrats did a really good job of getting into Trump's head and getting into Republicans' head. And it distracted when we should have been doing a lot more. In some states, they did make things better. But in some states, in a lot of states, they didn't. Overall, a lot of people were taken by surprise because they were like, oh, so it's ballot harvesting now. So I'm totally against ballot harvesting. I want to be clear about that. I think that we need to go back to a Florida-style election or something. But we have to as long as ballot harvesting exists we have to ballot harvest Lose, losing and, and, losing
1: governorships in arizona pennsylvania and other places in michigan certainly hurts that effort
8: <laughs> it's definitely i mean it's a lesson i'm taking to heart suck it up buttercup it's of course it's not fair life isn't fair that doesn't matter as long as ballot harvesting is the law of the land in these states we have to ballot harvest and Orange County, for example, did a very good job of this in California, um, but we also, on a n- parallel track, need to be with lawfare and with legislatures, doing something to restore election integrity in the other ways. And so it's it's not an either or; it's a both. And it's a lot. It's not as sexy as a campaign, but somebody said that. Um, I'm sorry, you're hearing me cook again. Yeah, you do that on on
1: all of these. What are you making tonight?
8: uh, Roast chicken and roast cubed um, yams. Nice. Thank you. Um, So I like that you guys keep me company when I'm keeping my hands busy. Um, So anyway, they... um, You know, Orange County did a good job on ballot harvesting, but we still need to restore ballot integrity or election integrity where we can. That means lawfare. That means a lot of money spent on Mark Elias-type equivalents. That means um, what Joe Kent is doing right now, people are making fun of him. We have to do this in every election. He is going to the mat to cure every ballot. There's a legitimate chance that he could still win if they cure every ballot, if they count every ballot, if they make sure that every uncounted ballot gets counted, he's well within the margin of winning. And people are trying to, you know, make fun of him and say he won't take, you know, losing, he won't admit he lost. Well, he doesn't lost. And we need, you know, Claudia Tenney would not have been in the last Congress if she went away so easily either. She There was this business of 23 votes in a drawer, some nonsense like this, that had to go through the courts, and she ended up weeks late coming into Congress last time, two years ago. So we do need candidates that are willing to take it to the mat when it's awkward and uncomfortable and embarrassing. Um, but you know, having said that, I mean, again, not sexy, not fun. Have to work on the machine. Have to work on the you know all of the boring little details of elections. Not just campaigns, Republicans campaign, Democrats run elections, and then somehow they win elections and The other thing i I mentioned on your in the comments on your um, podcast is um, we also need to get involved in the census. There was supposedly mistakes made in the census that led to three um, House seats going to blue districts that should have been, or to blue states, that should have been in red states. And it's another one of those situations where, isn't it interesting that all the mistakes always go in their benefit? And so, okay, next time there's a census in 10 years from then, we need to be there and make sure that there aren't mistakes so that the mistakes don't go to their benefit. It's, it's boring. It's boring, but it ends up making the difference. If if like if we had lost the House by three seats or one seat or two seat, it would have been because of the census, not even because of the election.
1: Uh, you're right that you need to make the rules work for you. And so I, I see people saying eliminate mail mail in voting. Well, that's not going to go away. It's too convenient for people to. Um, you just drop it and whatever, and people just genuinely just go.
0: Eh, if it makes
1: it there, it makes it there. But then you get ballot track now, um, and so this idea of that we need to get rid of early voting. No, I'm with you. You have to make it work for you, and you have to endorse it. And then once you're in charge, once you're in charge, if you want to change the rule, do that. But like, I think it was like Scott Walker on Twitter was like, "We need to get rid of these things." Well, how are you going to do that? Like, you're not empowered to do it. So. Again, I'm kind of with you where whatever the rules are currently, you need to kind of make them work for you. Uh, I'll give you one last quick comment.
8: No, that was that was it. It's just it's not fun. And I saw people who were annoyed where I kept dumping into the comments things like from this honest elections and whatnot. And they were like, not a fan. And I'm like, I don't blame you. I'm not a fan of this either. But it's something that we need to do if we're going to get it done.
1: Uh, yeah, I agree with you on that. So, thanks, Kerfuffle. All right, enjoy thank the, you. Enjoy the chicken.
8: Okay.
1: Uh, I'm still upset with Samuel over his uh, Pennsylvania polling. So, for him for t- for tonight, I'm going to go with Craig. Uh, I'm going to wrap this up uh, with Craig, but. Uh Samuel, John, Matt, Jason, Chris, uh, thank you guys for just waiting back there. I'll be back here tomorrow night probably. Uh same bat time, maybe a little bit earlier. So please just come back and I'll make sure you guys are all first in front. So uh thanks thanks for waiting back there. Sorry to have to do that, but uh it is a weeknight and so we're all working. Craig, go ahead. Hey, can you hear me? Yeah, you're good, man. Go ahead.
9: All right. Uh sorry, Sam don't Mean to do you dirty like that, but sometimes Stephen gets uh gets angry and has to take Zanger out and wasn't me this time.
1: <laughs> no, nah, I'm just minorly annoyed with Samuel and his Pennsylvania <laughs> and, Well, that's all, but um, I'll, I'll I'll make sure to take Samuel maybe last tomorrow night. We'll see. Maybe, but go ahead. Uh, no, one one thing that uh,
9: if I could throw my tinfoil hat on. After everybody else, one thing that I didn't hear notice is Trump announcing this early. It kind of neuters any of the indictment news about him, right? Because now if somebody indicts him, they're not just inviting Donald Trump, indicting Donald Trump, former presidential candidate. They are indicting Donald Trump,
1: political opponent of the president. I I think there's an element of that to this. I'm still not convinced that they're going to indict him for anything. It, it, It would... It would send the country down a course that none of those people, especially now with the GOP House, um, do want to go down. I think it's the tacit threat that they want. It's just to say you're not above the law, but hey, you know, whatever. Um, I've never really kind of believed they would actually do it. But you're right where if he announces now, you can use that. And it's like you're only indicting me because you're scared that I can beat you in a political race. And I guess credit to Trump, that might be the only smart reason of him doing that.
9: Yeah, I'm with you. Um, I think I've said it before. I am not a fan of this whatsoever. I think he needs to go off into the sunset and never show his face in public again. But that's just me. Um, I, I, I think every, everybody's spoken... I think we're all kind of on the same page, right, is, yeah, we can stay warm as the fire burns, but this isn't what anybody wants. Um, He's just going. I didn't watch all of the speech. I heard the clips I was at, uh, had something else going on tonight and only just heard kind of some highlights. But it seemed to me at least just kind of the greatest hits that he didn't have anything new to offer, that it was just – this this is something that's happened that I've done in the past. And this is why you should vote for me again. Yeah. Like there,
1: there, there's a little bit of legitimacy behind the C I told you. So I, you know, I think that he could hone that message better and say, Hey, remember when you had $2 gas with me, do you want it again? But he's, he's not disciplined enough for that. Right. You know, he turns everything into a personal grievance and, you know, everything was rigged against me and, and all of this stuff And if he makes his campaign about him, people aren't going to care. So if he was, you know, putting myself in the shoes of Trump campaign manager, (laughs) Um, if I'm running him, that's that's my attitude. I'm like, hey, remember when you had two dollar gas? Do you want it again? I will I will make sure oil companies can drill, baby drill and all of this stuff. Um, You could say inflation. We can get under control. That was pandemic led and it was Biden's spending. Uh, I will get spending under control, provided I have a GOP House and Senate to do so. And he could become a kind of like a team player where it's like, you know, we still have Senate elections here in 24, too. It's not just me, you know. But everybody on Trump to Senate, be a team the player. Could be, the Senate could be a very favorable map in two years for the GOP should they decide not to fucking blow it. But, again, I'm with you. I just I heard... This is how great things were five years ago. Well, five years ago, 18-year-olds were 13-year-olds. And now you right. need to start figuring out how you can get their vote today.
9: Yeah, I don't know. At, at this point, I guess my hands are in the air of like, fuck it. What's the worst that could happen, right? Like everything's, everything's already been supercharged. We had, we had a great environment that you and your people – lit on fire and trashed. And now we're stuck with a Democrat Senate and three seat majority in the House.
1: Like what? Whatever. Uh, (laughs) I mean, that that is kind of what it is like the yeah, the the, the, yeah, whatever election. Like I said, uh, I'm I'm happy with a House majority where you just essentially stall biden's presidency and yeah it'll be like obama where he'll do cool things and he'll be out there with celebrities and you know he'll tie and have the media talk about how consequential but i also think and what's interesting is you know i was one of the guys that said if he loses his majorities there's going to be talk to replace him and you are and even though he didn't lose the senate and it's kind of it's not quite a success for him because he did lose the house. But even the New York times yesterday ran a piece saying he's probably still too old folks. And so, like I said, Biden might be out here, be, you know, looking stronger than he was prior. And again, I'm like, what, what the fuck do you talk about now? Inflate, do you talk about anything that you talked about prior to the election? Inflation, do people really care? Um, you're going to have to see some polls come up. But I said, you know, the first time that he licks some eight year old girl's face, And the economy crashes, which he cannot blame on Republicans now, um, then I I think you're going to see his polling tank and we're going to be right back to where we were. I think that's going to take a few months. Um, You're already seeing mass layoffs at places like Amazon and in tech. And that's a boom where you're looking at it going. These are well-staffed places. What happens when this hits grocery stores? What happens when this hits hospitals? What happens when this hits uh, factories, what happens when this hits car companies, what happens when this, you know, what happens when it hits you, basically. And we're going to see that happen probably next year. And he, remember, he was laying the groundwork. Biden was laying the groundwork to blame it on the Republicans. And now he's fucked. It's like, well, you're going to blame it on the one seat majority House of Representatives. That's not going to fly with anyone. I mean, you you, you know, he is. And of course, probably well, of gonna course fly. He is, but then it's like people aren't going to go for that. And so again, you, see, you, is, you, you say, say that, that problem, but after, you after have, a week ago,
9: after a week ago, we, I mean, I I think we saw people would rather go with senile than crazy. And now that Trump is in the water, <laughs> yeah.
1: that yeah, you're yeah, right I mean, about I mean, that. You, it's funny. I, uh, and well, I the other have, thing is, is you have now now you have, and this was a point someone made tonight, which is you could have just left Biden to flounder for another six months. Like I said, he's he's running good now. He's got good press. And he's got the and then, like I said, all he has to do is just lick another nine year old girl. And it's like, oh, fuck. And now Trump's out there and Trump's just going to be he's just going to be a drag and he's going to be the excuse for Biden to point to. And the interesting thing I saw someone say like this the, how Trump could work in this favor is that Biden's offense is going to Biden's campaign starts today. Now, they've already put out on Joe Biden's account a video about Trump and Biden timed his remarks in. Bali over a fucking missile launch into a NATO country. He synced that up with Trump. And I'm like, why the fuck are his people even thinking about this right now? Like that to me is taking bait, but uh, you can make the argument that Biden's reelection campaign effectively started today because they're going to, they're going to make Trump front and center. That's the goal. And if the Biden administration and Ron Klain do that, so is the Washington post. And so is the New York times. And so is NBC. And so is CNN. And all of them, that's what they're going to do. They're going to make this all about Donald Trump now, let Biden and his senility just like fade away. And that every time that, you know, DeSantis' name comes up, they're going, oh, he's worse than Trump. And we've seen that. We saw it with Molly John Fast. We saw it with Nikki Fried. We see it with the Lincoln dudes. And it's just like, it's obvious what they're doing. And, I, and that's what I say. I look to like people listening now and I'm like, are you really going to take the fucking bait again? And like I said, Morning Joe might have Trump on and a phone call next week and they'll be yucking it up again. Not Maybe not as much, but it's going to happen. And so that's the thing is Trump's just he, he exists now as an oxygen suck like he always does. And trust me, the Biden administration, like Terry McAuliffe said, is all too happy to have him out.
9: Yeah, no, I'm eg- exactly that is exactly where I am and why I'm just kind of. Fuck it. At this point, I guess the only the only <laughs> silver lining, the only hope, the only hope I can have is that in six, eight, twelve months, whenever the other challengers start to come out, um, that in a specific governor of a specific southern state that I have a very fond appeal a- for, Asia um, Hutchinson, twenty twenty four, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, I just hope that everybody will be fed up enough that like, thank God we have something fresh and something new other than these two crazy old guys yelling at each other
1: in the park. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's a good way of putting it. Uh, Craig, thanks.
9: Yep. Thanks.
1: Um, good, g- good, good episode tonight, everyone. This was fun. I'm sorry. I couldn't get everyone in, but we're already going, we're going like w- way too long, but, uh, patient and uh whatever just I plan on being back here tomorrow night to maybe look at this more I also want to talk a little bit more about FTX uh which is just something that's just got it's uh been tingling my interest button so uh just be sure to jump on tomorrow night and like I said for those of you who uh I skipped or just waited uh I'll make sure to get you guys in uh Jerry we're wrapping up here I'm sorry I gotta kick you out um but come back tomorrow night. So this has been episode 62. Dad's running again, um, although it looks like he's doing so without Ivanka, which that's going to be interesting. So I just lost all my influence into the administration. So once again, thanks to my callers. Thanks, thanks to you guys for joining. Like I said, you you keep this podcast up with a smaller audience than some of the bigger names on on this platform, and uh, you, you keep me up towards the top one or two, and it's always appreciated, and I, and I can't do that without your time and uh, your ears, of course, so again, thank you. I will be back on Patreon tomorrow with probably more reaction to this, more of a media-driven reaction based on things that I see tonight and tomorrow, um, and to see kind of how they're going to start to engineer all of this, which uh, you can believe your eyes and ears, they will. Again, thanks everyone. Uh, so episode sixty-two uh, versus me to live. I'm Stephen L. Miller, and uh, I'll see you guys on Patreon tomorrow, and most likely, most probably, back here.